What a week. What a week. What a day. What a month. And this is Moments with Mika. And I'm Mika. And I'm Rick. And this week, let's go over um, the topic suicide. Since it is, you know, Suicide Prevention Week, um, it's really critical that we always make sure that we address these type of topics and kind of be transparent and um, give like the real deal about everything. Um, right. Just to know that, let people know that everything that may seem perfect and seem like it has glitter and sunshine and butterflies is not always as it seems. Absolutely. But before we get into it, you guys know I love my fun facts. <laughs> and Rick tried to spoil my dreams today with my fun facts. Because he already knew how to do this, but it was something new to me. <laughs> so, when it comes to tipping people, we don't need our calculator. I mean, you could use your calculator. But let's say you're out to dinner, you know, you out with your thing, and you're paying, right? Hmm? And your phones are dead. And the receipt doesn't tell you what 20% is of your bill. And you're sitting there like, hmm, how am I going to calculate this? Nine times out of ten, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. But if it did, in another reality, this is what you could do. You could move the decimal over one spot to the left and then double that number by two. So let's say your bill is thirty-five fifty. That means that, you know, you guys ate a little bit and you drank some water. And drank some water. <laughs> I'm about to say because drinks are like $12 by themselves. So, okay, you guys have you a couple going drinks. to the restaurant at? Mind your business. <laughs> but let's say the bill is thirty-five fifty, right? Move the decimal over one spot to the left, which make it three dollars and fifty-five cents. Double that, which is seventeen, and boom, people, that is your twenty percent for your tip. <laughs> Fun fact with Mika, you know? See? Uh, okay. See, Rick <laughs> was up there like, yeah, I already did that, but it's a lot of us that didn't do that. I used to pull out my calculator and be like, yeah, I'll just do it this way. Even though, like, math was my favorite, like, subject in school. But I'm not doing all that extra stuff. Once I realize that the calculator would always be with me, I'm going to always use it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so there we have it, people. An easy way to get to 20% of your tip. Now, Rick, yeah. how was your week? My week was actually pretty great. Um, yesterday, uh, my son hit six months old. So, Baby Rick, Rick. We got to chill and kick it and play on the floor and try to eat sweet potatoes. I don't know if that's his thing. Probably not. Sweet potatoes is nasty as a kid. Like every if time he eat them, he like he joked like it's sour or something. Like because it got a very funny taste to it. He keep coming back for it, but every time it looked like he get electrocuted. Only <laughs> because like I'm just hungry. That's it. Like pop, you give me the, you give me a spoonful, but. Uh, this ain't working. <laughs> yeah, no, that's how I be. Then we had some on-the-floor time. We got to play with toys and did some baby Einstein. So it was a beautiful day. Oh, I beautiful love day. the baby Einstein. Yeah, yeah, he was into it. I had to put the child lock on the phone because when he not into it no more, oh, he definitely pushed buttons on the phone. Yeah. Or just teeth with it. Put, it. put the phone in your mouth and just eat it. I'm just saying. At least they're waterproof. You know, with the new iPhone, you get three minutes of waterproof, and then after that, you're a goner. So, <laughs> so if you're going to put your phone underwater, you only get three, well, no, two minutes and 32 seconds. So after that, yeah, you might need a new one. But you have heard that first on Moments with Mika. Okay, <laughs> so. <laughs> How about you? How was your week? Um, Pretty 
pretty good seeing that um, I got this uh, position that I've been wanting. Well, it's not really another position. Well, I guess it kind of is. But I get to do something different at work that I've been asking for for, I don't know, like maybe four or five months. And um, I was finally able to manifest it, which is like really random because I kept on getting no, 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 no. And I finally randomly got, oh, yeah, we need you to do this. And I'm like, what? This but, might leave? Huh? This might leave? No, nobody left. I don't know why. And it's not even like super busy. So I'm like, hey, you know what? I don't ask no questions. This is what I want. You know? So I'm really starting to get that mindset of anything that I want. I am definitely going to get it. I just got to be patient. So um, that helped me a lot. I was really happy about that because it came like randomly. Because after the last time I asked them, I'm like, you know what? This will be the last time that I asked them because you're not going (laughs) to keep on telling me no. I'm going to take it. Period. So, you know. I stopped asking, and then they just gave it to me. So, that was kind of wonderful. Um, But one thing that I did want to touch on this week, and um, I had to go to the eye doctor, right? Okay. Because one of my eyes, like, was, like, really sticking. Like, it was really, really dry, where every time I blinked my eye, it just felt like it was just sticking. Like, you know them dials? Like, Visine wasn't working? No, I didn't. I was at work. So, look. So No, wait, 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 wait. So instead Rick, of going across the street example. to the store, I'm to not get spending Vizine, no money. You went to the eye doctor. Sure did. Okay. So look, while I was at work, <laughs> have you ever had one of those dials that open their eyes and like one of the eyes already like always open slow? Absolutely not. I'm a, I'm a boy. I'm saying you've I seen was... it before. You've seen the meme of it of like with the dial that got the one eye open and one eye closed. Okay, any lady that had a dial before that's listening <laughs> to this show, have you ever seen the dial that it was supposed to open his eyes, but one of the eyes are already stuck? Some baby so, wake ups. I don't the know ones the you name sit of it. Up and then they eyes yeah, open. When he, that's okay. how my eye was doing. Like it was slowly opening. So it kind of frightened me a little bit. And then I started thinking about having like. <laughs> shut up, Rick. It's not funny. Hey, it's not. This, my sight is very important to me. So. Is it coming up like. Yeah, it was like slowly. <laughs> I'm sitting there like, why did this keep on happening? So I'm trying to blink, oh, and he kept on doing it. But I was thinking about getting a LASIK eye surgery, and wait, I, wait, 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 wait. So your eye was opening slowly, and you wanted to jump straight to LASIK? Yep. So <laughs> listen, I'm a dramatic person. Just take me to the thing that's gonna help me, and I thought that was gonna help me. But I started thinking about Jessica Starr. Mm-hmm. She had the eye surgery. And it's not that it went bad, but it took her a lot longer to heal. Right. Um, whereas it was supposed to take, I think, like maybe four, four to six weeks. It was going to take a lot longer than that. And that was a part of the reason why she did her suicide because she didn't feel like she could be a mother, what? a wife anymore. Yeah, it's a lot. Like she lost a lot of her vision, and she was her eyes was very sensitive to the light, so she couldn't really do much, you know. So it's not a reason to go out. That's a comeback but still, story. I, I thought about that and I'm like, you know what? Mm, let me just chill. Let me just relax. You know, when it comes to the eye surgery thing, do my research and everything. Right. But it also brought me on the topic because this week, a lot of, you know, suicide awareness is very big this week and is very crucial. Right. So we've been looking at a few news articles on the Apple news app. And one thing that stuck out to me. Apple Plus. Is it called Apple Plus? It just said no, no, Apple News Plus. News Plus? Okay. So, I looked at this article. It was about a pastor. His name is Jared Wilson. 
I believe that he was, I don't know where his church is, but he recently committed suicide um, this week. And what stood out to me is, you know, he dealt with suicide for a long time. He was only 30 years old. And he actually had a foundation where he wanted to give people hope and help people. And he had preached. And that same day after he preached, he committed suicide. And his wife said that he was dealing with deep depression from childhood things. And he was under a doctor's care, but he just wanted to help other people. Um, but he founded the, the organization that's called Anthem of Hope. And it's about amplifying hope and helping people that battle with brokenness and depression, anxiety, and self-harm. Now, I wanted to bring this up because I want to let people know that depression doesn't have a face. Um, it doesn't have respect of a person, place, or thing. So, it's, it could happen to anyone. A person can be smiling. Like, I think about Robin, um, Robin Williams. Is that it was Robin yeah. Williams? Yeah. That you know he made Mr. Doubtfire, Mrs. Doubtfire, all the movies that we loved, and he committed suicide. So I want to remind people that even though someone might be smiling, you don't know what this person is dealing with internally. Right. Um. I think about like a lot of celebrities that have committed suicide, and it just brings like a lot of thought to me because it's a lot. The number has doubled for kids when it comes to suicide between. 2007 and 2015, the number has doubled when it comes to kids being brought to the emergency rooms with suicide attempts or suicidal thoughts. And that that's was really concerning to me because, like, what is the common factor? What is happening to kids that makes them feel that all is lost? Because I remember when I was a kid, like, it was tough. Still, you had you had people who wanted to be bullies. You had people who wasn't going to be bullied. You had teachers you felt like was picking on you. You had teachers that was actually picking on you. Like, there was a lot of factors in the world. And still, like, it seemed like kids around our age had thicker skin. So, like, what is causing this hopelessness that kids are starting to feel now? Because, one, they're kids. Like, why should they feel anything remotely Depressing, Like, what is happening in their lives that causes this type of emotion? I think that it's not that it's... I can't really say, but I think that one thing that could be causing the issue is the no competition thing. Everyone wins. Yeah, um, no one that. loses. So, if you're always sheltered right. and you never get the opportunity of knowing what loss feels like or a failure then when it actually happens, it hurts a lot worse than somebody else that's used to it. Right. Like, for me, I, I'm i not going to say that I felt like I always was supposed to win, but, like, when I actually had the reality of what life really is and I started failing at things, and social media just makes it so much worse. But I really, like, took a, a really bad, like, slope and everything. So, I really feel like that plays a part in it. Like, we have to teach our kids that you're not going to win all the time. You're not going to be up on top all the time. Well, like, it's not, not just that. It's, you got to teach them to work harder. If you true. didn't win, work harder. Be better. That's true. You can win next time. You always can win. But if somebody outworked you, hey, work harder. That's true. It ain't all over. It's going to be a next time. It is. It ain't no next time if you kill yourself. That's true. I think that um, 
we make it seem like, and it's not just, it's not purposely, um, but I think that society and maybe social media make it seem like so like suicide would be the, the way out because you just let go of everything, right? But we never think about what also comes into play with this. Right. When you take your own life, first of all, you didn't give your own life. It's yours. It's not yours to take, first of all, okay? Well, I mean, we we, we do push that it is. It's not, though. Now, they're, they're saying... Did you put the children, air in your lungs? They're saying now... Children have the right to choose. No, I'm sorry. So if I can't choose with my body as a woman, you don't have the right to choose whether you're <laughs> going to take your life or not. And it might sound funny, and I know it might sound harsh, but you don't have the right. You didn't put this air in your lungs. I, I'm, I'm okay? totally with you on that. I'm. That's what's going to be taught in my household. My son got to make it to at least 17 before we start talking about options and decisions. Man, listen, 17. And even at 17, it's like you get to have an opinion. And it might sway me, but my decision is already made. That's it. So I can sympathize with you at 17 because next year, it's all you, homeboy. It's true. So up until the end, I'm going to just say stuff, and that's what's going to happen. Daddy, I don't want to. <laughs> that mean to me. I just feel like um, when it comes to social media, and this could play a role, maybe not in the younger children, because they don't really be on social media like that. But they they be do on be YouTube. on YouTube. YouTube. They be on YouTube heavy. And it makes it feel like when there's things that's happening in your life, everyone else's life looks so much better. Right. And I think that's the issue that sometimes we see everything else and we see the things that's going on in our life that's not aligned with what we're seeing. And we're asking ourselves, and maybe kids is asking themselves, well, why can't my life be like that? But Why you, was I dealt the bad cards here? But you look at the numbers, and statistically, it comes from, like, children of all brackets. So, it's like, even the children that's well off are taking their own lives. So, it's like, because my son is so young, mm-hmm. like I said, we just made it to the six-month milestone. I'm really concerned on what are these triggers, and what's making kids nowadays feel like that's that's the answer because like I would hate to get that phone call that phone call would destroy me yeah now am I gonna feel like killing myself no but I might feel like tearing up a whole bunch of other stuff yeah like you don't know what kind of kind of mindset that's gonna put you in you don't and I don't deal with death well yeah I I've been working on it but you know I can't say how how good I'm at. <laughs> I'm, that's the thing. Like, I can't say I've been working on it because it's like, when do you actually get to work on how to deal with death? During dealing with death. And it's like, you're deep in the emotion of what you're dealing with mm-hmm. and working on having a better outlook on it is not even the case. Like, you can theorize about how good your outlook is now and then it happens and you find out it wasn't. That's true. So, it's like, I really, I'm really concerned about what we can do to make children, you know, either voice what's going on with them or why they feel like that, or make them not feel it at all. I can say for one thing for myself, um, I can't really speak for other people, but I can say one thing that held me back and that kept me in depression, and I battle with this like literally every day, like, I would say 
out of seven days, I might have two good days. Two days I would consider good days. And it's only because it's not even necessarily things going wrong. It's this bully mentality that we have in ourselves. So it's your self-thoughts. So it's like, I'll be ready to do something, right? Oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go out the box and do this. Something in my mind and be like, sorry, sis, you're not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. You're not good enough. So I think that a part of the depression and suicide, is maybe it's not sometimes things that other people are doing to you. It's what your thoughts are doing to you. Like we have this bully mentality to ourselves. So we tell ourselves, well, you can't do this. You're not good enough to do this. If you do this, people are going to laugh at you. If you wear this, people are going to laugh at you. If you portray this, people are going to talk about you. And it's like, at what point do we stop listening to our thoughts and just do it? And I think that's one thing that keeps us down. It really kept me. It really keeps me down. And I have to tell myself, I have to ignore certain thoughts. Like when I'm about to do something. Right. Or like, I literally have not been as... Um, I haven't been on social media as much as I used to be. Right. And it's only because of the mentality that I have, that I'm trying to fight. It's like, as soon as I post something, I always think, like, somebody going to think that you you better than them. Somebody's going to have something to say this. So I took a whole step back where I don't hardly post on my page. I even created a second Facebook page because I being afraid of judgment. Well, you are. Being afraid You are of, better than them. But if, if they're wasting their time thinking about... You're, oh, she but at the she same time, that makes you better. They may not even be about thinking that. about that though. That's that's the thing. Like yeah. you don't know what they're thinking about because you it's allow your, yourself. Is exactly, it out that's okay. the problem. So I think that that plays a big role when it comes to the suicide. It plays a big role when it comes to the depression, the anxiety, only because like. I don't want to... Okay, I'm not going to say I know what Jessica Starr was thinking about when right. she committed suicide, but she wrote down that I can't be a mother like I used to be. I can't be a wife like I used to be. But where do you think that those thoughts came from? Because I know that her kids didn't tell her that. Right. I know her husband... So what I'm saying is, sometimes when your thoughts tell you one thing, and my mom always had to remind me this, that when your thoughts tell you something... It's not always your thoughts, and it's not necessarily always true. But if you allow those thoughts to keep on perpetuating, yeah, they're going to grow into a big tree, and they're going to be rooted inside of you. And every time you attempt to do something, every time you attempt to open your mouth, every time you attempt to go out that box, it's going to destroy all the motivation that you had to do something. Right. And you're going to go right back into that box. Like me, I will go in my little box, and I will stay in my little box. My little box is being in my room and closing out all the windows, no light. I don't even listen. I don't even watch TV when I'm in my little box. I don't do anything. I don't even want to be bothered. I don't want the TV to talk to me. <laughs> I, I don't want people to talk to me. Like, and it's, and I just feel like that's a part, a lot of, like, that's a real big part of suicide that we have to teach our kids while they're young. That everything that you think, everything that you see is not, exactly what it is you know how you like you see a little a little part of a picture it's this quote that someone said that if you are standing on the side of an elephant you can't see the entire picture all you can see is the the elephant because it's so huge right? right so if you see a portion of the picture and you think that you know what it is if you step back keep on moving back then you can see the whole picture you can see on the other side of the elephant you can see what's around but if you too close and you're trying to look and trying to examine something that you're not seeing the full right, picture of. Right, too close to the situation. Exactly. So we got to teach our kids that, y'all, 
even though you might see this, that's not necessarily true. Even though you might hear these thoughts, that's not necessarily true. And that's the biggest thing. Like, that's one thing that we don't really teach our kids. So looking at that, it seems like it stems from uh, the number one lesson has to be self-confidence and self-expression. Yeah. Because if you feel you want to express yourself in a certain way, you shouldn't have to think about, well, they're not going to accept it. It's not for them to accept. It's for you to express. But isn't that the same thing what the LGBT community is trying to teach, you know, kids in their history when it comes to schools? So does that mean that we should accept what they're trying to put in the school books? You see what you're trying to do here? (laughs) (laughs) See what you're trying to do? I see, yeah. I tried to put you in that one. I did. I'm going to (laughs) say that we definitely should, uh, I think self-confidence, regardless of what you want to express self-confidence is the key it is and like one thing i could say is different when i was coming up uh one early 90s everybody was trying to be culturally aware right and there was a lot of programs that i ended up in that you you did stage performances you did like drama classes you expressed yourself you did a lot of things that built up like your your knowledge of culture your culture about a dev, or whether it's just that you're feeling bad, you just need somebody to talk to, reach out. It's Mika Hunt, M-I-C-A-H-U-N-T. Find me on Facebook, inbox me. I don't even know if I can accept any more friends on Facebook. I know, because you got tons. Yeah, my <laughs> friends is packed, but follow my page. You want me to just kick it with you, but not, like, have somebody else that I kick it with. You know, I'm not going to argue this one, because <laughs> I felt like saying something, but I'm going to just stay focused on Target. <laughs> But I want to, you know, we want to, I want to drill this into people because we've been drilling it into ourselves. And another thing that I wanted to point out with people is that, you know, it's not always easy. Not every day is not always a great day. Right. But it's how you take that bad day. It's, it's how you treat it. It's, it's how you actually um, react to the actual day that you're having. It's the right. energy that you also put out. Don't worry about the things that's going on around you. I had to learn that even with a bad day, it could be a bad day, but I got to learn, sit back and be like, okay, am I going to make it worse or am I going to make it better for myself? And it starts in your mind. It starts with thinking. You can't be like, you know what? This is a bad day. This is a bad day. Everything is going wrong. I'm irritated. They are pissing me off. Everybody's getting on my nerves. Because that's exactly what we're oh going goodness, through. Oh, my goodness. You that, had one of those. I'm telling you. Like. that I had days like that back to back to back. And I had days like that back to back because I kept on thinking. Everything is going wrong. Everyone is pissing me off. Nobody understands. Nobody is listening to me. And you know what happened? Nobody was listening. Nobody was paying attention. Stuff was going wrong. My tires was messing up. They was pissing me off at my job. I couldn't get the stuff right for the show. <laughs> I dropped my computer. I broke the screen on my computer. And it's not to complain about it, but it's just to say, like, I was manifesting it just because of the way that I was thinking. Right. And one thing that I want to point out is that your brain don't know the difference between reality and imagination. And a lot of people are going to be like, well, what? Oh, yeah, what, you got to dive into that. Yeah, oh, we're oh, going to definitely, gonna dive dive into that. definitely get into that because I think that it's really important to bring that up before we get off the show. And I want people to really understand what we're seeing. Your mind, your brain does not know the difference between reality and imagination. Well, Meek, when you say that, like, I know the difference between reality and imagination. So how don't my brain know it? So let's take the placebo effect, right? Right. Have you ever 
did a um, listen to the study, and I actually did the study in school uh-huh. um, for a science project. But have you ever um, studied something or seen a movie where it's a whole bunch of pills, right? It's mm-hmm. a whole bunch of white pills. It's a bowl of them. You don't know which pill is it's sugar pills, and it's probably some I don't know. We're gonna say ecstasy pills, right? They're all all together, right? Now everyone takes. The pill. Now they don't know the majority of the pills that's inside of this bowl is really sugar pills, mm-hmm. and it's probably just one ecstasy pill, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone takes the pills, and everybody's sitting there, and it gets down, and everybody just start acting crazy, right? Yeah. They just start acting like, "Wow, everything is beautiful. Let's touch the walls. Let's dance," or they get angry. I don't know. Yeah. But it comes to the fact that if your body doesn't know the difference between a sugar pill and a real pill. It just reacts on what you th- you're thinking. What you think is gonna happen. Exactly. So your your mind triggers and creates symptoms. Exactly. So it's the same thing. It's something that's called the nocebo effect. If you go ahead, look it up. Um, if you ever you guys ever heard of a um, hydrochondriac? Yep. Um, so basically, so basically, have you ever gotten sick or something like that? Let's say your arm was twitching or something like that, mm-hmm. right? Have you ever just Google and Google like what does this mean? And they give you some type of disease, and you be like, oh, I got this disease. I got 10 minutes. I got 10 minutes to live. I got one of the symptoms. And then next thing you know, you start getting the other symptoms out of nowhere. Your, your neck start twitching next. Oh, my God, I got the next one. The next one is here. It's that you start to believe. That this is what you got. This is what you got. So your body say, well, well I got it then. I, I guess I got it. And your legs start twitching, and then you just start doing, you know, the, the thriller dance out of nowhere. So it's like... <laughs> What I'm, the thriller dance. <laughs> what I'm saying is, sometimes we can we can make our mind believe something that is not. So it, it doesn't know the difference of something happening. So let's say you are always thinking about something bad. Your brain releases toxins in your body right. that says, well, something bad is happening. So you could be panicking. You know, it's like it, it brings up anxiety attacks and di- right. different things like that. It brings up, have you ever studied how a person can have some type of, um, like a heart attack out of nowhere? No no problems or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But you could be scared. You can be frightened. Because your brain releases a toxin that creates an issue in your body. So it's the same thing. Like if you're really happy and you're really joyous, it's a different type of toxin that's released in your brain. And it's like a euphoria. You know what I'm right, saying? Right, So right. that's like you got to get into the play of it. It's like... When you're really excited, it's just like you get that adrenaline rush, you know, that rush. Like when you're about to do something, it's something that's released in your brain that makes you feel that way. So it's like that's why you have to control exactly. It's not just controlling your mind because your mind and your brain is two different things. Your brain is where everything is housed, right? And there's still things that's going on inside of your brain, but your mind is is who you are, right? You think of it like a computer. Your brain is like the hard drive. Right. So... Yeah, the software to to run everything is on there also, exactly. which is your mind. Your mind is the software. Mm-hmm. It's what makes you you. Mm-hmm. It would grab the memories and it grabs the knowledge, puts it all together with your personality, and then projects it out. And that that's that's pretty much what the brain and the mind is. It is now the brain has much more power than just. Uh, the uh, endorphins it release in your body. Yeah. Because when you start feeling all good, you releasing these great endorphins, and mm-hmm. it, it it's contagious. It like, is. Like people start to feel good around you, all of that. 
But your brain actually controls the energy that you pull to you also. So if you're negative, you see that everybody you hang with is negative. All the people you're around is negative. It's not a coincidence that you all act the same way. It's contagious. Mm -hmm. If you one bad apple spoiled a bunch, that's a real thing. Mm -hmm. Because if one person in your group is always negative, always negative, always negative, you're going to become irritated around that person all the time. Mm -hmm. And you're going to either start getting irritated at everything that they irritated at. So when they point out something, yeah, why would they wear those shoes? And why would they wear that? And Or you're going to be, why are you always so negative? Chill out. Mm-hmm. The problem is that we're talking about is when you're that person. Right. And how to fix that. Mm-hmm. And the getting past yourself portion. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to tell yourself, I'm going to be positive. Yep. That That's the first part. Yep. The affirmation is the first part. I'm going to be positive. And then you got to look at it. You look at something that will make you irritated, and you see, hey, this is irritating. Why is this irritating? Right. What is the problem with it? It looks like it's well put together. Looks like they thought about it. If they're not, if they didn't think about it, what business of mine is it anyway? Am I gonna buy their clothes? I'm not gonna buy their clothes. So why am I dwelling on it so much? Mm-hmm. I should probably let it go. That's true. Oh, a bird. <laughs> and there you go. See, you have to first address those negative thoughts. Attack attack yourself. Question yourself of why this is bothering you so much. Mm-hmm. Get to the root of it. You got you to gotta get to the root of it. Because changing yourself, like I said, is going to be mind-bogglingly difficult. Yep. So you have to get to the root of the issue. So whenever you find yourself doing something that you don't, that you want to get rid of or you want to correct, you have to question why you're doing it. Exactly. You have to look deep into it. You have to see what causes you to do this. And then you have to root that out. That's Get true. rid of it. That's true. And one thing that I want to point out, if you don't really believe what we're saying, think about this. Have you ever was getting ready to do something that you haven't done before, maybe in front of a crowd of people? Or let's say you're getting ready to tell the woman that you love or the man that you love something that's really important and you start getting this feeling in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Because you're thinking about it, you're nervous. You know how when you get nervous, and you, they call it the butterflies in the stomach? Mm, the bubble guts. The bubble guts, <laughs> the butterflies in the stomach. But it's all started in your mind. So it's like it's something that I want people to, to really think about because your mind can, it can make you sick. Your brain can make you sick. You know, it, it, really? you know too much of the wrong thing can cause a big problem. Right. So it's like, let's start early. You got to start somewhere. Everyone starts somewhere. It's not just about your talent. It's not just about building your empire, but it's also about building you. You have to start somewhere. So even if it's something small, small, start telling yourself, like, you know what? I No matter what, I got this. Right. Make it personalized to yourself. Don't tell yourself something vague or anything like that. Make it personal. Make it for you and only for you because you are basically the king or queen like you have to treat yourself of that that way don't be your own rotten apple that's true that's what it is you don't be your own rotten apple so uh, address your issues personally Mm -hmm. and tell yourself you're going to be better and then work on being better and the thing is it takes 21 days to break a bad habit yeah the first 14 the 10 to 14 days is going to be easy it's can you still work at breaking it when things become adverse this is when you're going to see it because right when you get ready to walk on uh, embark on the journey of building yourself 
you already put that negative energy out there. You laid a negative nine landmine for yourself. I'm going to try this, but, you know, I don't know. When you said that, you may be optimistic for the first 10 or 14 days, but you already laid that negative landmine. You already said, I'm going to try for this amount of time, but you don't know. That you don't know is going to create that you don't know day. And that's the day you have to be able to stamp up and say, hey, this is really what I want to do. So let's look at what the problem is. Let's get that out the way. Let's go ahead. Let's get this positivity up in here. That's true. And I guess I'm going to end it off and I'm going to say this. Um, the reason why some people lose is because they can't see the wind that's in front of them. So be a visionary. View the wind. Even if you can't necessarily, you don't feel it, see it. If you can see it. You can go on game. Right. Forecasting a recession means it's time to start saving. Not just for rainy days, but for opportunities. Yeah. Um, so if you see it coming and you see that it's possible, look at what area is causing the most problem uh, for the economy and look at ways to be able to invest in improvement of that, uh, that area. That's true. Also, at the same time, understand that your bills will not stop. They will no not. matter what you hope for with uh, investments or with the future of yourself or just what you want to do. Well. Things won't change. They're not. So you need to focus on, you need to weigh all of that in and, you know, get you a good umbrella for it. Well, it is now the time to really make sure that you're minding your business and minding Minding your your business. business. So this has been Mika. And Rick. And we're out. Peace. All right, I have real questions. How does your car look right now? Is it clean on the outside but not clean on the inside or vice versa? Uh Uh-uh. Whether you're having a hot girl summer or a city boy summer, your car needs to be looking good if you're going to be looking good inside of it. So here's the resolution. Make sure you call Simply Clean Mobile Car Washing and get your car looking good. Make sure it's restored back to new. And it'll only be done at Simply Clean Mobile Car Wash. So give them a call at 586-646-0403-586. 646-0403. You will not complain. I guarantee that. You heard it here first on Moments with Mika.